And I want to read a passage from one of his lectures, which I think is one of the greatest things he ever wrote, and which has been a very marvellous thing for me. It was in a lecture delivered to a group of clergy in Switzerland a considerable number of years ago, and he writes as follows. People forget that even doctors have moral scruples and that certain patients' confessions are hard even for a doctor to swallow. Yet the patient does not feel himself accepted unless the very worst in him is accepted too. No one can bring this about by mere words. It comes only through reflection and through the doctor's attitude towards himself and his own dark side. If the doctor wants to guide another, or even accompany him a step of the way, he must feel with that person's psyche. He never feels it when he passes judgment. Whether he puts his judgments into words or keeps them to himself makes not the slightest difference. To take the opposite position and to agree with the patient offhand is also of no use. Feeling comes only through unprejudiced objectivity. This sounds almost like a scientific precept, and it could be confused with a purely intellectual, abstract attitude of mind. But what I mean is something quite different. It is a human quality, a kind of deep respect for the facts, for the man who suffers from them, and for the riddle of such a man's life. The truly religious person has this attitude. He knows that God has brought all sorts of strange and inconceivable things to pass, and seeks in the most curious ways to enter a man's heart. He therefore senses in everything the unseen presence of the divine will. This is what I mean by unprejudiced objectivity. It is a moral achievement on the part of the doctor. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the legendary Alan Watts reading the works of Carl Jung. Tonight's topic, it's one of those topics, man. Listen, I've been gone since last Thursday. It's Monday, and the voice of reason will not take his foot off of our collective necks. I gotta have these deep conversations. Because as we continue this voice of reason uh, space, where we come to discuss, right? I have to have the conversations that many people are afraid to have. And tonight is no exception. The hidden purpose of conflict in relationship. A deeper look at conflict's spiritual purpose for relationship. Now we live in a time where nobody wants any type of conflict in their relationship. Do you believe that that's an unrealistic expectation? Do you believe that relationships should be easy? You got some relationship folk out there talking about relationships shouldn't be hard. You got some relationship folk out there talking about relationships should be easy. I have a question. Did God create 
conflict. And if source created conflict, what is conflict's role in your personal growth? In the growth of your relationship. Now, I'm not talking about everyday knockdown, drag out. But you need to understand that knockdown, drag out arguments and disputes and conflict, they come from some place. They are sustained by some fuel source. How do you unlock the spiritual wisdom? Within conflict, how do you navigate conflict's deeper meaning in relationship? Are you avoiding conflict? Can conflict be used as a catalyst for the growth of your relationship, for the maturation of your relationship? This is heavy now. This is heavy. I've got questions, and you already know. What we do, this is a national discussion. I want everybody to call in from everywhere, especially all over the Southland. Los Angeles is home for me. So I want my Los Angelinos to show up in mass. I want everybody across the nation who are tuned in to the VOR, because trust me, this is going to be on fire tonight. I've got a couple of questions to ask before we move forward. What is the spiritual meaning of conflict? Can conflict be a good thing in relationships? True or false? If you use uh, conflict as a growth process, it can help you increase patience, care, and love, helping you focus on what's really important. Let me read it again. True or false? Agree or disagree? If You can use conflict as a growth process. It can help you increase patience, care, and love, helping you focus on what's really important. But you got to have the conflict. Why do we run from conflict? Why do we have such disdain for conflict? Agree or disagree? The problem with brushing issues under the rug or stuffing hurt feelings is that they never really go away. Instead, they usually just return in bigger, listen to that, they return as bigger issues. Wow. True or false, being able to discuss small issues helps address larger issues that are likely to occur somewhere down the road. 1-800-9-2015-80. Get to your phone lines. I want to talk to you. National discussion. Non-judgmental space. Everybody can participate. I want to hear your story. I want to understand your process. You can inspire me. I want y'all to do this with me. How can conflict serve a spiritual purpose? In your relationship, when I come forward, more questions, more framing of the topic, and I want to talk to you. Ladies and gentlemen, that playlist is ridiculous. Wrapped around your finger by the police. That lead man sting, of course. And tonight we're talking about the spiritual purpose 
of conflict. Relationships are designed to push whatever demons in your spirit out. It's designed for that. Why? Why? Because relationship is a mirror. We look up the etymological root of the word mirror. You know what it basically comes down to? The word mirror itself means shadow. So now we're back to Carl Jung's shadow work. Relationships are the, uh, are the incubator for shadow work to be done. Not just good times, not just chilling. Conflict is often viewed as a negative aspect of relationship causing distress and tension. Yes, it does that because you resist it. Carl Jung, what we resist persists. Sometimes we resist letting go of our mask. We resist letting go of this persona that we're trying to perpetuate. And that causes contact. Uh, uh, tension, conflict. However, when examined from a spiritual perspective, conflict can serve as a uh, serve a deeper purpose. On tonight's show, we will delve into the spiritual meaning of conflict, its potential benefits for a relationship, and how it can lead to personal growth and understanding. Drawing inspiration from Carl Jung's concept of the shadow and the unconscious, we will explore how conflict can bring hidden aspects of ourselves to the surface, ultimately fostering a deeper love, a greater love, more understanding, more empathy, more compassion. This is the fuel that healthy relationships need in order to thrive. See, you think you can fake it for and fake it until the relationship makes it. No. The spiritual purpose of this thing is to agitate that which you ignore from within. The spiritual meaning of conflict. Conflict at its core is a catalyst for growth and transformation. It serves as a mirror, reflecting our unresolved issues, unhealed wounds, and unacknowledged aspects of our deeper, darker selves, right? By engaging this conflict, we are given an opportunity to confront these hidden aspects and bring them into our conscious awareness. This process aligns with Jung's concept of the shadow which represents the repressed and the rejected parts of our psyche. Nobody wants to see themselves as a liar. Nobody wants to see themselves as a cheater. Nobody wants to see themselves as a coquette. Nobody wants to see themselves as a manipulator. But we are. And so we put on a mask that says, no, I'm honorable. I'm a good person. I'm complete. The real good person embraces their incompleteness. They, they embrace the humanity of who they are, the brokenness of who they are. That's the real good person. Ah, oh, no, I know you guys ain't ready for this. 1-800-9-20-15-80. The benefits of conflict in relationships. Contrary to popular belief, conflict can be a positive force within our relationship. 
it can provide us an avenue to open communication, allowing partners to express their needs, desires, and concerns. Through conflict, couples can deepen their understanding of each other's perspective. uh, Listen, leading to increased empathy and compassion. Conflict also encourages personal growth as it challenges individuals to confront their own limitations and biases. By embracing conflict as an opportunity for growth, relationships can definitely evolve and thrive. Let's go deeper into that. Let's dig deeper into that. Have you ever been in a relationship? Because you know we just did a show uh, maybe a week or two ago where we talked about saying things that you can't take back. Have you ever been in a relationship where you were allowed to say things that you couldn't take back? See, the fact that you want to take them back, the fact that you want to take certain things back, that means you thought about it and you recognize, hey, I really didn't mean what I said, right? Can you imagine a relationship that allows you to say things you don't mean and you are not persecuted for it? That's that's creating a safe space for expression. Can you imagine being in a relationship where you can say some of the hardest things, some of the harshest and worst and worst things ever to your partner? And it's understood that you're not saying it from the perspective of. I'm really trying to hurt you. Right. I'm just venting. I'm letting this off. Can you imagine if you had a partner that understanding? Can you imagine what that would do for you? Let's go deeper. Conflict as a catalyst for patience, care, and love. When conflict is approached with an open heart and a willingness to understand. Don't you know when somebody is going off on you? And saying some of the, 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 the most crass, incredulous, disrespectful, and asinine things to you. 99% of that stuff is said out of frustration, said out of anger, said out of disappointment, said out of dissatisfaction, said out of a, a space of wanting to be seen and heard, right? You know what we focus on? We focus on the 1% that we believe is true. This is where the saying, hit dogs, holler. Ooh, you meant what you said. No, I didn't. I was angry. Can you imagine a relationship that has a safe space? Listen to what I'm about to say. That has a safe space to express yourself in the harshest way. Without taking offense, because we understand where it's actually coming from. Nah, we, we, if you said it, you meant it. If you said it, stand on it, right? Contrary to popular belief, conflict can be a positive force within relationship. It provides an avenue uh, for open communication, allowing partners to express their needs, desires, and concerns through conflicts. Uh, Through conflict, couples can deepen their understanding of each other's perspective, leading to an increased level of empathy and compassion. 
Conflict as a catalyst for patience, care, and love. When conflict is approached with an open heart and a willingness to understand, it can foster the development of essential relationship qualities. But nobody wants to go to, through the crucible. Conflict requires patience. As it often involves navigating through difficult emotions and finding common ground. It encourages care as partners must actively listen and validate each other's expressions and experience. And nobody really wants, do you want to be in a relationship for real? These are skills that you must learn, right? And, and by, by all means, don't think I know them all. Don't think I've, uh, you know, I've mastered them all. Don't think that because I haven't, right? Ultimately, conflict can deepen love by creating opportunities for vulnerability, forgiveness, and acceptance. Do you, wait, wait, hold on. Ultimately, conflict can deepen love by creating opportunities for vulnerability, forgiveness, and acceptance. So in order to deepen my love, I must be willing to forgive? Yes. I must be willing to be vulnerable? Yes. I must... Participate in acceptance, yes. By embracing conflict as a growth process, individuals can cultivate these qualities and strengthen their bonds. That's if they want to go through the crucible of fire. Many people do not. And this is why relationships are so flaky and stand on shaky ground. Everything has to be sweet. Everything has to be nice. Everything has to be aligned. I have to be getting what I signed up for. Heavy stuff, right? We got a caller on the line. Let's get him in here. Sean, Oakland, California. Get in here. Hey, brother. Well, I have to tell you, you know, this is an amazing, uh, you know, conversation, like always. But my thing is, you know, when you're in to that point between two people uh, who are trying to make things happen, you have to be somewhat realistic in the sense that you're going to have some version of crisis. Mm -hmm. You're going to have some version of things going wrong, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, this isn't, look, and, and, and you said something that was really important, I think, in it, what you were saying it, to me, which was, you know, no matter what I tell you about my experiences, what I'm telling you, you know, some things to think about. I don't know it all. Now, I don't. I've been in a relationship a long time, but it doesn't mean I know about your relationship. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, look, what we're, what I do when I call is, I look, I've been married a long time, been in a good relationship and all for a long time, but I, for no, well, not even one second, want you to think that everything I say is the way to do it. Because your experience is going to be different than mine. And your experience is going to have critical moments. And your mm -hmm. experience is going to have crisis. Mm -hmm. And your experience is going to have difficulties. That's right. So my only basic thing is take it easy on one another. That was someone gave me that advice. I didn't come up with that. And it was the best advice I think I ever got. I think it was my uncle, but my aunt probably 
take it easy on one another because you're going to come up with situations that are very difficult. But if you take it easy on one another, then you can move forward. And then if after that, it's up to you guys to see if you guys have that resilience. Hey, well, keep going. Well, Sean, stay with me because I know you got a little bit more. When we come forward, Sean out of Oakland, California, he's cooking. You hear the fish grease in the background. Hey, we're going to keep it popping when we come forward. More from the VOR. Most people are afraid to fully be themselves. They're afraid to embrace the parts of themselves that might be regarded as unacceptable because embracing these unacceptable parts makes them feel uncomfortable. So to escape this uncomfortableness, they divide themselves into two halves. Wait, stop, stop. Bring it back to the top. Listen, do you know how hard it is to be with somebody who can see you struggling with that fight? You don't want to be yourself. You don't want to tell the truth. You got diet truth on deck. What is diet truth, Zoe? I'm going to tell enough of the truth to not be considered a liar, but I'm not going to put it all out there for clarity. Do you know why conflict persists? Namely, because most people are not good communicators. They communicate in fear. If I tell you the complete truth, you might see me different. I know this because I've done it. If I tell you the the actual no-holds-barred truth, I might run you up out of here. I've heard Dr. Mark Goulston say it another way. He was talking about, Dr. Mark Goulston, by the way, a friend of mine, uh, he is a, a psychiatrist, and he was an FBI negotiator, and he went into the prisons to talk to prisoners to help them have breakthroughs and he said something really heavy he was talking to a prisoner about racism and about being black and he was hit so hard by one of the prisoners with what he said and what he said was he asked him the question basically about what it means to be black and how do you be a black male and 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 how do you deal with racism and he said you don't really want to know how bad it gets inside here. I'm taking that same point and applying it to your love life. There are certain people who see you struggling with the real you, the hurt you, the damaged you, the frail you, and this manicured mask of I'm in control or I'm over it or it's all good, or I'm through, or I'm done with that. Listen, there are certain people that come into your life that are are specifically designed to see through the facade. Play the clip. Your free trial. Most people are afraid to fully be themselves. They're afraid to embrace the parts of themselves that might be regarded as unacceptable because embracing these unacceptable parts makes them feel uncomfortable. So to escape this uncomfortableness, they divide themselves into two halves, conscious and unconscious. In the conscious half, they construct an ideal image of themselves 
an image formed out of the bits and pieces of their past that they deem as good and acceptable. Wait, and as stop. A result, stop it. Uh, hold on, because we're going we to go back to it. I'm sorry. I'm one of those people who will see the devil in you first. You know why? Because I that was the first thing I saw in me was the devil. It took me years of failing and hurting and falling and, and frustration and disappointment in order for my heart to open up wide enough to see God. I'm one of those people that's going to recognize your demon first. Do you understand? It's hard to be around me. Oh, because I'm going to see it. Can you imagine sitting around somebody who sees your demon? Who sees what you have worked so hard to conceal? Play the clip. In Jungian psychology, this repressed part of the personality is called the shadow. And unless the shadows integrated into the personality, a person can never reach their fullest potential. Instead, one will always remain incomplete, fractured, and partial, living a life of regret rather than the full life that could have been. Imagine, for example, that I've solved a few equations and convinced myself that I'm a great mathematician. I might meet a few friends and they tell me that they have a math club. They gather every weekend and try to have a crack at math's most difficult problems. This scares me, because if I join, I'll no longer get to be the great mathematician that I've convinced myself I am. Instead, I'll be a concrete person with actual strengths and weaknesses. And in this scenario, there are two possible actions I can take. The first action is to run from my shadow and let it grow. I refuse to join the math club and realize my own weaknesses as a mathematician. I get to cling to the ideal image of myself as a great man. <laughs> the, the ideal image. If you got an image for yourself, you can't help but have an image for your partner. And if you have an image for yourself and an image for your partner, your relationship is in danger. Because the image of yourself is not real. And you damn well better believe the image of your partner isn't real. You got two works in progress wearing a Halloween mask. And if that mask begins to erode or deteriorate or experience any level of entropy, the relationship is in jeopardy. Sean from Oakland, get back in here, finish your final thought. Hey, brother. Well, my thing with everything that's been said there, I've been very fortunate. I've been in a long relationship. My better half uh, and I have been together for 35 plus years. But my thing is, that's not, I'm telling you, I am not telling you to do what I do. But you know what's sexy? And I've been told this by people that, look, I'm very faithful, but I'm makes me feel really good that I still got it, right? When there's girls out there, they're like attracted to me, but not overflowing, is that I tell the damn truth. Is it like, hey, I got these troubles in my life, but I'm taking the bull by the horn and dealing with them. You know, this is, you know, if you're trying to hide the things that are troubles and you're trying to you like be someone you're not, 
That's never going to work in the long run. I'm it guilty. will work short term. I'm guilty of it, Sean. I've, I've done I've it. Done I've it. done it. Yes. I'm guilty of that. I've man. done it, too. Mm-hmm. I did it when I was, you know, like in high school. I didn't know what to do, right? But, you know, all of a sudden, I got good feedback. And by the way, the most important thing is the feedback. So it isn't just me, although that's important. It's it's how the person responds to you. So also be very conscious of how you respond to someone else, because the feedback they're given, they may not be on, I wouldn't say a level. They may not be where you're at. And, mm. and, and so it's very important that you give them a positive feedback, but not to lead them on like there's some relationship, but to say, Hey, that's really cool that you share that with me, you know, because I share everything now in my life. But when I was younger, I didn't share anything. Mm-hmm. And so people didn't know anything about me. And when you don't give them who you are, they will make assumptions about you that you may not like. Mm-hmm. Good point. Good point. Sean, guess what you just did? I brought Oakland into the building, and I love you, brother. Oaktown is in the building. If you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is call me at 1-800-920-1580. When we come forward, we going down south. Houston, Texas is up next. My playlist. I'm going to take you back to the 80s. 16 Candles. The Voice of Reason is on fire live from KBLA Talk 1580. We're talking about the spiritual purpose of conflict in relationship. And I believe that it has one. Conflict as an opportunity for greater love and understanding. Many people don't put those things together. Conflict in greater love and understanding. Many people just don't, they see them as polar opposites. Conflict when approached with the intention of respect uh, can be used as an opportunity for profound growth within a relationship. It can provide a chance to deepen our love and our understanding and our empathy and our compassion, right? It, It definitely can give us that and even compromise by embracing conflict as an opportunity to grow, right? Couples can transcend surface-level disagreements and develop a deeper connection based on mutual respect and shared values. But I would take it a step further and say, not just superficial. The deep hurts that we visit upon each other, if seen from the perspective of What is there for me to learn? How will this up-level me? When is the last time you saw conflict as a gift? And I'm not talking about the conflict uh, that threatens your life. You get out of there. I'm talking about a partner who is reluctant to open up and share the whole truth of themselves a partner who has lied, a partner who has betrayed you, a partner who has disrespected you, a partner who may have belittled you or demeaned you in some way out of frustration. How can we take those moments as teachable moments? How can we take those moments as uh, 
crystal stairs to elevate the relationship. You know who the person is. Oh, this is a different side of you. That's only because you're interested in one side of me. Oh, I I know people ain't ready for this talk tonight. Let me get my caller in here. Hey, Atala from Houston, Texas. Get in here. Uncle Zoe. Yes, ma'am. How are you? I am alive and well. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. I'm well. You know, just reflecting on the topic. Yes. Um. So, it kind of made me think of like you know, like when you're working out or you're in athletics, and they say like pain is weakness leaving the body. Right. No pain, no gain. You, yes. Like, yeah. could you say that like conflict is like ego surfacing at the top of like your relationship bubble if you will sure sure right yeah so like at that point it's necessary because if there's certain things that you're not dealing with within yourself then your partner is the thing or the tool that's going to bring that about of you right. you can't really avoid it but which is weird because i feel like sorry what are you saying something that's so heavy but isn't that a gift atala i think so but yes. many of us view it as a curse as a problem. I understand not liking conflict, like, because it's not fun, especially if someone is, like, pointing something about out about you that is just, it seems really hurtful. But to me, like, you have to get it out. Like, you can't, it, it's, would you rather, like, just keep it in and let it fester? Like, you know, because you're not good that way either. So, like, I don't know. I... It's kind of like if you got a shot from the, you know, from the doctor's office or something like that, or you need medicine that tastes horribly. Like, you can't really get around that if you want to heal. But I guess that's the thing. Like, do people want to heal? Like, no. you could say you want to heal, no. but, like, are, is that actually your point? No. People think healing equates to feeling good. Mm. <laughs> healing hurts. Yeah. Yeah, it, it sucks. <laughs> so, it have sucks. you have you ever injured yourself and then yeah. whatever part or extremity was injured, did it hurt while it was healing? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, wow. But guess what? You know what's interesting about certain injuries? My son tore his ACL in his junior year in high school first game of the season mm-hmm. A- after having a gigantic summer picked up like 15 or 20 scholarships right mm-hmm. and then he tore his acl top recruit mm-hmm. in the nation okay the, the 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 guy the surgeon said man this is good this happened to you at this age number one you're going to heal way faster than someone older than you so you're going you're gonna to mm-hmm. be back soon. And then he said, now, depending on the person who gives you physical therapy, do you know that you're going to be even stronger than you were before you got injured? We, we never, mm. could, we couldn't conceive that. We couldn't conceive that. We just looked at it as 
This is a huge inconvenience for a promising young kid who is on his way to Kentucky or he wound up going to Auburn, but on his way to North Carolina or wherever he could, he has it. But at the end of the day, when we look at it, we say, you know, it was good that that happened to you because you probably would have been a first round draft pick. You would have been a five star recruit. You probably would have got to the league and fanned out too soon. You needed development. So the universe mm-hmm. injured you to slow you down so you could develop. <laughs> isn't, isn't, that, real. isn't that interesting? That's real. I mean, you want to put that in the context of relationships. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, if you want to get to a place where you are in a marriage with someone, right? Like there's going to be certain things that certain fires you need to go through, right? Before um, you get to that place, before you're, I guess you can say refined enough to withstand the storms that are going to come your way. So, um, I mean, I, I'll say this. I, I do not like going through pain, but at the same time, I know that it's necessary. And I feel like for people who are like myself, like you can, it's easy to intellectualize things. You know, going through that process of refinement is heavy. It's like, it, I feel like I I find it difficult. Like things that maybe shouldn't take as long take longer because I'm not necessarily being, um, I, I'm not like hearing or understanding the information with my heart. I'm trying to understand it with my head. So I say all that to say. Wait, stay like, with us. Stay <laughs> with us. Don't leave. Don't leave. When we come forward, we going back to Houston, Texas. They still down there cooking Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, I've been struggling with an idea recently that I was thinking maybe you'd be able to help me out with. Basically, in a recent interview, you talked about how myth is meant to reconcile inherent contradictions in reality, right? But between... I'm sort of stuck between two mythological or um, psychoanalytic ideas that I think are both really important, but they seem to have an inherent contradiction within them that I've been trying to figure out. So on one hand, you have this idea that there's times in your life where you have to identify things in yourself that are insufficient or there's a problem somehow that you have to kind of have a controlled burn or like a phoenix-like transformation where you discard part of yourself that doesn't fit or is not working. But then on the other hand, you have talked about this this union idea where as you become really, when you get older, you mature by reincorporating things about yourself that you lost when you were younger or that you know, you're trying to integrate your shadow or you're trying to find parts of your personality that, that maybe you've been rejecting and try and figure out how to bring them into, into the fold or into mm-hmm. the whole. So he's got this quote that I really like, which is, I'd rather be whole than good. Right, right. So so on one hand, you may identify something as a problem and you want to get rid of it or burn it off. But then on the other hand, it seems like the the path to being stronger is to figure out how to put everything together. So there's a there's a one of the things Jung wrote about in his works on alchemy was um, an explanation of the prime alchemical dictum, which was solve coagula which meant dissolve and integrate. Right, so, so imagine this. So imagine, that, imagine you had a fairly hostile father who was not very well controlled in his aggression. Decent 
person other than that, but let's say that. And so your reaction is, I'm never going to be aggressive. And so you've built a, like a moral structure that's part of your personality. And there's possibility floating around outside of that that you've, you've denied an ethical, you've denied any ethical, what would you say? You've stripped the idea of aggression of any ethical utility whatsoever. Okay, so what happens? This burns off, and then that comes back up. Now you still have to integrate it. So it's associated in some sense with Nietzsche's ideas, morality as cowardice. Because one of Nietzsche's most trenchant critiques of traditional morality, let's say, is that most of what passes for morality isn't morality. It's just cowardice. It's not that I'm a good person and I don't hurt you. It's that I'm afraid to hurt you. And because I don't want to admit that I'm afraid to hurt you, then I say I'm moral because then I can mask my essential fear and cowardice in a guise of morality. And that happens far more often than you would think because harmless and moral are by no means the same thing. So some of what you're burning off, you can sit, and this is where Freud was such a genius, I think, is because he concentrated on aggression and sexuality, which are perhaps the two most difficult parts of a personality to integrate, said that, um, the, the hyper-simplified morality stops you from tapping into deeper recesses of your psyche. And it's partly because they're primal forces. It's not surprising that you don't want to have anything to do with them, that you stay away from situations where they might make themselves manifest. But the problem is, by denying the worst in yourself in that manner, suppressing it, you preclude the possibility of the best. Because no one can be a good person without integrating their capacity for aggression. Because without that capacity for aggression, you cannot say no. Because no means, if you really say it, no means there isn't anything that you can do to me that will make me change my mind. Or, or conversely, it means I will play for higher stakes than you will. And unless you've got your aggression integrated, there isn't a chance you can say that. I struggle. My aggression isn't integrated. It is not integrated. So what happens with me, I, I put myself on the Barbie, man. What happens with me is the volcano effect. I tolerate, I tolerate, I tolerate. And my toleration, my toleration has a time limit. I can only tolerate for so long. And then the buildup, and then I pop off. Do you see? We have to integrate the demon into the persona that everybody else sees. So many people front like they good. Just because, like he said, just because you front like you're nice, doesn't mean you are a moral person. Whew, heavy stuff. We are in relationship with people like this. And they are pointing the finger at another broken person saying, you're the problem for why this relationship didn't work. Can you imagine? Atala, Houston, Texas, get your final thought. Uncle Zoe, um, that was that was heavy. That was deep. Um, okay, so my final thoughts. I definitely think everything that they're talking about will lead to spiritual blockages. 
or um, a constipation, if you will, of your spirit. Mm-hmm. So um, I suppose the best way to basically not run into those issues is to, like you said, talk about things as they come up, which I'm a coward in that area. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. But that, you're, that you're not the me. only coward. There's a lot of us that are like that, right? So what you're talking about is this right here. Addressing small issues to prevent larger ones. Small Mm -hmm. issues, when left unaddressed, can snowball into larger problems over time. By addressing them and resolving the smaller conflict, couples can prevent the accumulation of resentment and frustration. This proactive approach allows partners to develop effective communication skills and establishes a foundation of trust as well as boundaries by addressing small issues. Couples can create a safe space for open dialogue, making it easier to navigate more significant challenges that may arise in the future. Your thought? I completely agree. I completely agree. Like they say, you know, it's it's better to um, deal with, you know, the little small bugs than to try and like kill a whole wasp nest, right? So, right, right. I so, agree. So guess what you just did, Atala? I brought Houston in the building. Houston, Texas is in the building. If you want to bring your city in the building, you know the routine. All you have to do, the protocol, 1-800-920-1580. That's 1-800-920-1580. The phone lines are your friends. You want to join this conversation because Zoe needs instruction. Zoe needs inspiration from you. We are doing this together or we are not doing it at all. Listen, I got callers on the line who's been on the longest john mountain view hawaii aloha what are your thoughts on tonight's topic aloha zo uh deep stuff that you're getting off into uh for all the chatters the callers the lurkers and the lovers uh contribute uh subscribe be a part of this movement uh but briefly i am going to say very few words and i'm still reminded of dr allen Berger's quote only the best of you can see the worst of you. Ooh. And not to say that at the point of your lowest point, where again, where most of us will claim this might be it, i.e. when we have to volunteer, be vulnerable, share those things that are going to be a conflict or what have you. Uh, if you saw the light, period, didn't you realize both of y'all was in the building? both your good light and your bad one. Mm. Mm. That's good stuff. That's heavy stuff, man. Guess what so you... Again, Come on, keep going then. So again, if we're, if we're looking at ourselves in the reflection of the mirror, that again, we, we claim the bad stuff and we don't want to let that be seen. We put on the mask so we can be the human beings that we live in this life. Mm-hmm. And, and the niceties and all that, which again, some of us can already see through, mm-hmm. truly. Man, guess what you just did? For those of us, we... Oh Go no, ahead, you're not finished, ahead. brother. Yo, you finished. I, I, I don't know if you finished or not. Keep going. No, no, no. I'm done. I will, I will end here. Blessings to all y'all. Uh, have a good evening. And uh, yes, Mountain View is in the house. Mountain View, Hawaii is in the building. You want to bring your city in the building? You know the deal. You know the routine. All you got to do is call me one eight hundred nine twenty fifteen eighty. When we come forward, we're coming home. We're going to Los Angeles. 
Leave it to Prince to put it in words perfectly. 1987 Sign of the Times album, in my opinion, Prince's greatest work. Originally, it was supposed to be a three-disc set, but Warner Brothers, you know, he, you know, he had problems with Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers said it's too long, it's too long. Imagine, to me, this is the greatest album he's ever put out. You got Strange Relationship. You got Adore. You've got Ballad of Dorothy Parker. You've got If I Were Your Girlfriend. You've got Housequake. You've got Sign of the Times. You have so many great records. The Cross and uh, it just so many great records. To me, it's, it, it's uh, the, uh, that album that has the most continuity of all of his albums. And it was a double CD. Can you imagine how much greater it would have been if uh, Warner Brothers would have allowed him to, you know, put out the full triple CD set. But he was upset. He fought with them. He goes back into the studio and he creates the sequencing for the album. Still turned out to be an amazing record, Sign of the Times. And that's a great cut on that particular album, Strange Relationship. Many of us are in a strange relationship with conflict. We don't know how to use it for our benefit, right? We, we, we just don't, right? Effective conflict resolution or effective conflict management skills. To navigate conflicts successfully, couples can employ various conflict management skills. Number one, active list, uh, listening, empathy, and validation are essential in creating a safe and supportive environment for open dialogue. See, we will we we let people have open dialogue in our relationship so long as it's not offensive. But what if I'm offended? What if I'm hurt by your actions and my frustration and disappointment are speaking? Many people don't want to hear from your frustration and disappointment. They don't want to hear from your abandonment. They don't want to hear from your invisibility. They don't want to hear from your perceived deafness. Like you're deaf. I'm deaf to you. And I really want to share what that feels like with you so you can understand how you make me feel or how you contribute to how I feel. So they say it's open, it's open communication. So long as it's not attacking me, so long as it's not calling me to the floor, so long as it's not pointing out things that I do that I refuse to acknowledge. Do you understand? To me, that's a real safe environment when your partner's true frustrations can be expressed to you without judgment. I know it's a tall order. But imagine the quality of the relationship that could allow that to happen. Right? I'm just asking you to think about it. So conflict management skills, active listening, empathy, and validation are essential in creating a safe and supportive environment for open dialogue. Setting boundaries and practicing assertiveness can ensure that conflicts remain respectful and constructive. I struggle with all of this, okay? 
So don't get caught up on me telling you this. I struggle with all of it. Okay? Seeking professional help, such as couples therapy, can also provide valuable guidance and tools for resolving conflict in a healthy and productive manner. Listen, let me go back to that open dialogue point, because this is a big point. We want things to be good in our relationship. That's what most people are focused on. It's got to be good. If it ain't good, I'm wasting my time. And good means feel good. Good means pleasurable. Good means in my favor. Good means I'm getting something that, you know, for my highest good. You hear people say that. Sometimes your highest good hurt. Sometimes your highest good sets your soul on fire, but in doing so burns your body. Burns your desires up. Right. Burns your addictions up. You think that's an easy process? No. (laughs) Many people are addicted to pleasure and they don't understand that pleasure. Is an identical twin to pain. So this is why conflict shows up, because we're always taking uh, uh the path of least resistance, not knowing that that pleasurable path is building up pain. Because at some point, the road is going to get rocky. And because all you know how to do is avoid the pebbles in the road, at some point, you're going to get to a part of the road that's impassable. Of course, the great Krishnamurti. Thought nourishes sustains and gives continuity to fear and pleasure. I need you to stop and listen to that. It is your thought that nourishes, sustains, and gives continuity to fear and pleasure. This felt good, I want more. This felt good, I don't want to lose it. This felt good, this belongs to me. This feels, it felt good. Don't cheat on, on me. Don't give it to somebody else. Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Let me read it again. Thought nourishes, sustains, and gives continuity to fear and pleasure. The great Krishnamurti. Meditation is not the pursuit of pleasure and the search for happiness. Meditation, on the contrary, is a state of mind in which there is no concept or formula and therefore total freedom. It is only to such a mind that this bliss comes unsought and uninvited. In other words, I'm not looking. How many people are looking to be happy? How many people are looking to be satiated by another? To be approved of, to be accepted, to be wanted, to be loved, to be to be seen in a certain light. Let me hit it again. It is only such a mind. Right. This bliss comes unsought and uninvited. The bliss comes because you're not looking for it and it comes without an invitation. Once it is there. Though you may live in the world 
with all its noise, pleasure, and brutality, because you will be brutal to be pleased. Do you hear me? You, you, you will brutalize others to protect your pleasure. Do you see? Once it is there, though you may live in a world with all of its noise, pleasure, and brutality, they will not touch that mind. Do you understand what's happening here? Do you understand what's being said? We've got callers. I'm sorry. I Sometimes I go on a little diatribe. Daryl, Los Angeles, get in here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, you're, when you go off, it's much appreciated, dude, because you'd be right on, you'd be right on top of uh, the topic. And you can't miss with Krishna Murthy. That's for sure. Um, this is a really uh, sensitive um, subject matter because it's so many variables. There's no right answers. There's no wrong answers. I feel like when I always circle back to my um, my relationship I had with my ex-wife and how uh, the vulgarity that was said. And I'm a reasonably decent guy. I'm a nice guy, right? Um, I, I don't let, um, I don't, you know, I don't shoot from the hip. I don't come out of the, I don't come out of a box on nobody unless it's warranted. But never, I wanted to be my 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 woman, my lady, right? But when you come into a relationship where you guys are, you know, you just don't want to play fair. I mean, if you come into conflict, that's that's inevitable, of course. But if you're with a partner that don't, you know, color in the lines and remain respectful and calm, then once you pop off and, you know, the filter is off and you say things that you can't take back, it cuts like a knife. Yeah. And you can't see that person in the same way again. You, you you don't see them, it, you know, it, 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 it's kind of, um, it's kind of like, okay, you get into an argument or whatever, and then, you know, the gloves come off or the filter is off. And you, you, you know, I know you know as a Gemini. But wait, you get, you why, why can't you see them? Why? Why? I don't. I don't understand what you. Why can't you I said see? One, once they pop off, once they turn the corner, you don't see them the same again. Why? Because of what you said, the vitriol, right? If you cut them down, if you it, it, the the I hold women in very high regard. I absolutely love black women me too (laughs) but you're well wait i think you're missing the whole point you're still a human being and if you are being and if you're being treated a certain way yes we love them but you're still human and you're still subject to say something out of frustration out of disappointment out of disillusionment and i'm saying the next level of evolution in relationship is true expression, right? A space where true expression can exist without judgment. That's another level, bro. 
but at the same time, though, um, when you when you when you say certain things in in terms and you say it after you've been poked, like you were saying, you 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 let it build up and build up and. That is because you want to pick your battles. Wait, no, now, this, no, this hold on, because I'm going to hold you over. That's not because I want to pick my battles. That's because I'm wounded. Do you see? I, so I I'm going to ask you the I question now. Who's holding the grudge, you or the wound? When we come forward, more from Daryl. He going to answer that question. Ladies and gentlemen, the VOR back in the building. You already know what it is. The co-host is on fire. My co-host is my playlist. The VOR is on fire tonight. We got a great topic, the hidden purpose of conflict. It's spiritual purpose for relationships. We got callers on the line. My brother Daryl was on and he was pontificating. We'd like to get his final thoughts. Go ahead, Daryl. Okay, yeah. In terms of uh, me or the wound... I'm I'm not sure about that one. I might be, because um, that wound takes me to a certain spot that I don't want to be at. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of um, my significant other, knows me well enough to know um, that when I'm getting to that point. We just don't want to cross the line. We just agree to disagree or whatever and move on. And at that point, I think that's the best conflict resolution at hand at that point. Sure. That we can revisit. Sure. We can revisit. No, I. You know, when li- listen, Daryl, I agree help. with you, brother. I agree with you. But I feel like. Okay, let me ask you a question. Do you know how fast technology evolves? It's at a rapid pace right now. Super rapid pace. Super rapid pace. Right? Technology is evolving faster than our spirituality. So we're still using tried and true methods while still being disappointed. You say, oh, you know what? Let's agree to disagree. That's a stopgap. That's like, you know, I I don't have... Uh, a bathtub stopper, so I'm gonna use a sock or a rag. You sure. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm saying the next evolution of this thing, not what. Oh, and you're right. For where we are spiritually right now, what you said is a hundred percent correct. But what are relationships gonna look like in twenty years? Are we still gonna be doing that? You, you just you just triggered something in me. Uh, the way the part of the reason why I am the way I am is because of my father and mother. Right? There was no argument in my mom and dad's house. Right. My dad said what he had to say. He allowed my mom to say what she had to say, and he had the final decision. She didn't really. She was express herself. She would express her point, but he was, it was still up to him to either go her way or his way. Because mm-hmm. uh, the bottom line was it was up to him to navigate this family and bring us through to whatever we had to go through. So that said, women today don't go for that. <laughs> some do, some banal, like right. you say, some banal. But the conflict resolution, if you grew up in a house like that and then you come out 
outside of that to the real world for yourself and you witness this, you know, what are you talking about, man? I already said we're going to do this. So, look, if you want to take over, hell, I, I'll follow you, but that ain't going to work because see? I'm not being fully self-expressed. Do you see? Right? Well, I'm talking about a relationship where you are fully self-expressed, even the dark stuff that you don't like. Can you can you imagine being able to express the 100% truth of who you are in a dissatisfied moment, in a defeated moment to somebody who says they love you from here to the moon without judgment? It shouldn't be that hard. No, it is it, difficult if you haven't overcome stuff. That's why we're talking about conflict and its spiritual purpose and how conflict can be used to create personal growth to where you can get past the dictates of unhealed, unrequited wounds. You're absolutely right. I can totally co-sign on that. If you can, if you can learn conflict resolution in your relationship, well, first, you can move there's, there's no resolution. It's management. They change the name. They don't call it conflict resolution anymore. It's conflict management because conflict is ubiquitous. It's not going anywhere. Yeah, and it's, it's that part. So it'd be more conducive to be management. That will that will require a collective effort. As opposed to two opposing parties, just, you know, uh, you know, you actually move into the situation as opposed to uh, one person being on board with the resolution and the other one just going with it for, you know, craps and giggles. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I can totally co-sign on that. I can totally co-sign on that. But that uh, that that part of, you know, you guys just being. Um, you know, respectable, respectable and calm because it, 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 to just have peace in your house. And that's, that's good, Daryl. That's good. But who's you know? always peace and who's always calm? Who's always at peace? And so you're telling me the only way to deal with those moments where there are deep mental perturbations, you say, let's go away from each other until we calm down. I'm saying, yes, that has worked at a certain level of consciousness. But when do we grow up sure. spiritually to where we really can express the truth of how we feel and not be judged for it and still be loved? But that's the thing. I mean, in terms of a person, if you really love me, I really love you. Nothing should be bigger than that. You, you're so speaking in absolutes. There are no absolutes. True, and that's what I started with. The circle back. It's 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 a real sketchy. It it also depends on the depth of the relationship. I mean, I was in True. I was married twenty years, or versus um, um, a woman I'm dating that we've only been dating a few months. The 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 level of intensity between that in that conversation could vary widely. Um, but if you are, uh, both parties, I would say, again, are respectable and listen, 
you know, to one another and validate their concerns, I, I think that's the only way you can navigate through that. I hear you. And not putting it on the back burner and dismissing it. You know, you can revisit, but I, I don't know. It, it needs to happen like speed bumps. When you're going down the road and you hit a speed bump, you don't get out of your car and say, oh, man, dang, I hit a speed bump. Oh, man, what am we going to do now? You <laughs> take the speed bump and adjust. I mean, you adjust your speed, you know, because you, you don't want to fly too fast because you're going to tear up your car. So you, you it's it's temperamental. You, I mean, for me. You know, I can't. Someone, well, no, I can't. And, and it's anybody, all but. good, brother. I appreciate you going back and forth with me. Guess what you just did? Oh, L.A. is up in the building. Los Angeles is in the building. We appreciate it. If you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is call me at 1-800-920-1580. When we come forward, we're going to talk to the rest of the nation. We got Long Beach. We got Indianapolis. And we got incoming. Come on, man. Footsteps in the darkness. Hey, hey, let's talk about the distraction. Come on, let it, let me get a little more. Playlist is my co-host. Those are the wounds you hear. The, the wounds got footsteps. They follow you wherever you go. Whatever relationship you find yourself in, you hear them footsteps from the darkness. Darkness, everyone. Let me get these callers in here. Listen, I got to run through you quick. You know this is the last nine minutes of the show, so we're going to move it. We're going to move it. I'm staying on point. Long Beach, get in here. What are your thoughts on tonight's topic? Hey, hey, Alafia family. Uh, I love you. saw the callers earlier. Um, really quick, um, love the show. Treat it like Bible study. And you definitely have to have a spiritual bulletproof vest to be in the building. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's just at a different frequency. And, you know, big ups to all those who are vibrating at that level. Um, in regards to the topic, is is for me, it's simple. Are are we teammates or am I the opponent? Mm, I like it. If I see you as the opponent, then the team is never going to get to that winning goal because the way we talk to each other is not going to be in a nurturing fashion. I believe that people are mature enough to be able to have decent conversation, being able to communicate with each other. From the conflict, iron sharpens iron, you guys should be able to grow after you speak about whatever the content of the conflict is, mm. you know, if, and then be able to love each other during the time of growth because mm -hmm. it's not going to be overnight, but that takes teamwork. Like I said, if you see each other as an opponent as opposed to a teammate, you're not going to win. I love it. You did what right now? What did you do? I brought LBC in the LBC building. LBC in the building. Now you know you in trouble. Hey, if you want to bring your city in the building, I got to do is call me 1-800-920-1580. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Who's been on the longest? Ronan, Indianapolis. Get in here. Hey, what's good, Zoe? What's happening? Yes, man. What's the deal, brother? I say the hidden purpose of the conflict is to decide um, 
your level of uh, emotional education, endurance, and etiquette. Emotional education, endurance, and etiquette. Go deeper. So it's not just for yourself, but the person you're with. Like over time or real quickly, you start discovering, is this person your wife or your warden? Is this man your husband or your hostage? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I know Ronan was going to come with one. Oh, oh, I love it, Ronan. I love it. I love it. I, I wish you could stay all long. You should have called in earlier. We would have got about 30 of these. Brother Ronan, what did you just do? Right, Indianapolis is the building. <laughs> Naptown is in the building. If you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is call me at 1-800-920-1580. Here's our final caller, I think. True Monger, Dallas, Texas. Talk to me. Yes, sir. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, I, I really don't know where people get this idea that relationships are supposed to be easy or life in general is supposed to be easy. Conflict has its purpose it's going to test you it's going to test you it's going to test you whether how you handle it whether you take in that lesson or whether you uh, ignore it mm-hmm. so even even in relationships there's always going to be a test about how you handle conflict right are you always going to handle it the right way no you're not supposed to because you're supposed to learn from it right once you learn from it you're supposed to handle them better Right. And keep getting better as you get more life experience. Some people refuse to understand that. Right. Some people elevate and continue to grow. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're with your partner and they're not trying to understand that, but and they maybe maybe they always want to bail out when conflict arises, that should be telling you something that they're still spiritually immature, and maybe they're not the right person for you at that particular time. Mm-hmm. But it, nothing in life is supposed to be easy. So you're saying if they can't it, it, handle the the ebbs and flows, the ups and downs, the tumultuous changes, the the abrupt changes, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the difficulty in particular moments, if they're not there, then they might not be the person is what you're saying. It could be. That could be it. Somebody thought that partners are not supposed to be deeply disappointed and angry with each other. That's not true. But teammates, teammates are like that, right? And then they find a way to work it out, right? We're going to have a, Mm -hmm. we're going to have an all team meeting, closed doors, no coaches. That's happened before, right? Yeah. So do that too. Yeah, man. A lot of people think you're not supposed to just be really disappointed in your partner. Because of their lack of teamwork. How about that? Talk to me, True. I mean, this this is not realistic. There's going to be times where you are disappointed. And you're going to have to deal with that. Doesn't mean you're going to stay mad at them. Or you're going to always look at them in a certain way. Or or you can still be mad at them. And if Mm -hmm. the opportunity presents itself, you'll come to their defense. While still mad at them, if somebody attacked them, if somebody disrespected them, you'll be the first person to come to their defense and you still mad, right? Yeah. You handle, you handle that private business at home. Mm. But if something's going on in public, you, you stay with your folks. That's right. That's right. But nothing in life is supposed to be easy because even 
peace is challenged by conflict. So, and then at the end of the day, it's about how you handle it as you experience in life. How you go through life is about how you handle things. Man. That's I, what it really boils down to. I love it, brother. Guess what you just did? Just brought Dallas in the building. Dallas, Texas, our final call of the night. Let me just say this real quick. My television show, a brand new episode. Brand new episode tonight. If you haven't seen my television show yet, all you got to do is download the hour, O-U-R, TV, O-U-R, TV, 78, O-U-R, TV, 78 app. Download it right now. As soon as the show goes off, boom, my television show will come on that app. Brand new episode premiering tonight. Check it out. But you know that this fire is not going to end with me. This KBLA fire is not going to end with me. Guess who's coming up next? My friend, your friend, the informative, the intelligent, the beautiful, the passionate, the creative, Jill Monroe. Her show is called RSVP with Jill Monroe. She's up next. Get a bar.